You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. say historic happy to run with historic weekend in the sport of triathlon and uh one man who was in the middle of it was uh and signing autographs for the crowd was the one and only kevin mckinnon and kevin welcome back glad you traveled safe and got home and, and nice to chat to you buddy hey yes thank you yes i you probably hear it in my voice i'm still trying to get that back it was a very very busy weekend and um yeah, no, there weren't a lot of autographs, but uh, I was shocked. To, uh, the people in Edmonton are so nice. I'm guessing the race director was handing people like $50 bills saying, go ask him to uh, sign <laughs> something or get a picture with him and it'll make him feel good and he'll come back for less money next year or something. I'm sure that's uh, what was going on. Well, it, it's, you know, we're going to talk all things PTO, obviously, might even touch a little bit of placid work as well. But certainly the, the day, the weekend belonged to, to the PTO. But before we get there, Kevin, what, why do people bother with gender reveals? Like, what's the go with this, right? I just, I, I, I was watching, I don't know, I was on something, some social media platform, and then I fell into a rabbit hole of gender reveals. Oh, my God. You would think people are the only people these days who have ever created their own people. I don't understand gender reveals. I don't understand the whole like idea about it. You know, normally it's just, you know, I don't know. I think we've gone a little bit nuts with some of this stuff, Kevin. And uh, I just want to say that if you are planning a gender reveal, um, please don't feel the need to put on any of the socials that I'm attached to because it is of zero interest to me. Happy that you're producing your own people. That's amazing. But, jeez, uh, people do go overboard. Have you seen some of the stuff people get up to? Uh, so luckily enough, uh, I don't, I have not seen very, very much on that front. Um, but yeah. And I, I don't know how much of that is the, the first time, you know, like mm. you and I probably both were the same, like so excited with the arrival of the yeah, uh, but I didn't, child and all yeah, that. I didn't go hard on that. I just think it's so, st- I mean, do you know what's funny though? What is funny is the gender reveal fails. I must say that's giggly. I do watch that when I see it because it's just kooks getting stitched up by dogs and things that malfunction. It is, I do get a, a quiet chuckle if I was to go down that rabbit hole, which I may or may not have done on the weekend, Kevin. <laughs> See, yeah, you have altogether way too much time. I was uh, definitely not checking out gender reveals. When I had a few minutes, I was trying to check out the World uh, Track and Field Championships down in Eugene, Oregon. That was my uh, my go to when I was uh, when I had a few minutes away. Yeah, I really really got to get a new life. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the PTO. Obviously, this was the first of their. Um, I guess look, the Collins Cup's the Collins Cup, right? Like that's a bit of a. It's not. I'm not going to say it's a gimmick, but it's not really. You know, it's a weird setup, right? Like it's not something we ever see in, in triathlon. Other than I know there's teams and all that kind of stuff. So you know, don't jump down the interweb at me but you know what i'm saying it's not a the collins cup is a concept that's taken a while to come off but it's it's more associated with the Ryder cup and things like that in golf than it is in triathlon am i correct yeah, in saying that? Well, and, and the thing i was thinking about like I, I was just actually getting my tickets organized to head over to um uh, to slovakia for that 
next month. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was thinking that the thing with the Collins Cup is we, once again, we still won't get that Gustav Eden, uh, Christian Blumenfeld, you know, mano a mano sprint to the finish that we once again didn't get um, this weekend, but uh, and because they're on the same team. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's exciting in its own way, but um, yeah, that, you know, it's going to be, well, and, and the thing is, once again, uh, with um, uh, Europe just being so dominant, it, it kind of feels almost anticlimactic. You know, last year we got a little excited because Taylor Nib came in and won the first, you know, that huge, it yep. shouldn't have been a surprise, but it was a big surprise victory over Daniela Reef. And so that kind of got us all excited that, oh, you know, maybe this is going to be a little closer. But, you know, by the by the time all was said and done, Europe just dominated. And um, uh, I was reading a transcript of an interview that uh, the PTO did with um, Alistair Brownlee. And uh, he had this great suggestion of pulling the UK out so that the UK would be its own own team at the Collins Cup. Um, so then, you know, I guess there would be four teams in that mix. Um, but he felt, yeah, you know, the UK could be, could contend. I was thinking, yeah, certainly, especially with the women on the women's side of things, um, you know, British or UK, the UK women are just so strong. I thought it was just an interesting, um, interesting sort of concept to make that uh, even more exciting. Yeah, and... When you look at the, you take off the Collins Cup. So let's just remove that. And like, you know, there's there's a lot to like about that, I think. The other thing too is, so we, we look now at what happened in Edmonton. And this is kind of their first real foray into the, uh, into setting up something that's, you know, programmable. Um, it, by that, I mean, it's, you know, annual and it's got, um, it looks more like you think the PTO is heading, don't you? Like it looks more like um, they're running the bigger tournaments as it were. Now I'm calling them tournaments, right. but. Races. First event of the of what they're calling the PTO Tour. So you've got yep. uh, the PTO Canadian Open, um, then the PTO US Open. Next year they will add the uh, Europe Open, European Open. I can't remember how I'm supposed to say that. And then the uh, Asian. Uh, so uh, this year there will be two plus the Collins Cup. Next year there will be four plus the uh, plus the Collins Cup. So Yeah, so that's a proof of concept now. And and clearly, look, we're talking about it, thousands of other triathlon podcasts, which are rubbish next to ours, but they'll be talking about it. Um, you know, the, the triathlon uh, socials, uh, was there's a lot of chirp, obviously, about it as well. Pros were weighing in everywhere on it as well. Um, and, and we saw, look, the overall, the overall, I would think the overall, uh, feedback was it's very was very well run. Obviously, looked good, um, shot well. I mean, then there's things you can always want to clean up. I mean, nothing's ever perfect. And sitting from a position of uh, not knowing the inner sanctum and inner circle, pretty sure that they would have rated their weekend as a as a success, though. Oh, absolutely. You know, the the, the bottom line, monstrous success. Um, and I think a uh, lot of learning so it was very interesting to see um just kind of immediate changes made between saturday and sunday versus you know like here's here's what we learned you know so um got 
more officials out on the course. You know, I think there was some criticism of uh, some of the some of the um, you know drafting um, on the bike or people being too close on the bike uh, for Saturday, and I didn't see really that. So you know, I'm I'm down at uh, transitionary, so I see them come flying by. Um, but, and, and, but mostly saw the stuff on the TV and, and there was just some, you know, there was some video footage. You're just kind of going, Oh man, that person looks awfully close for a they long were. time. And, they were. Um, and, and so there was a lot of criticism around that and boom, you know, like I, I, I sat in on one of the meetings and that was immediately addressed and, uh, you know, where are we getting the bikes from? Where are we getting, you know, who, what more officials are we putting out? And so really quick learning scheme like this is not this is not a group uh that is gonna in my my mind and from what i've seen going to have to you know see things four and five times to make a change they're gonna do it right away which is awesome yeah Um, there was widespread um hella fredrickson was was tweeting it as well um, and then I read that thread as it was unfolding and, and people, and, and it was, it, it, and for my, my unlearned eye, the 20 meter rule is awesome when it's enforced, when it's not enforced, it, it doesn't work obviously like any drafting rule. Um, and there was someone in the thread had put some sort of numeric setup to it that, you know, 20 meters at this K an hour should take this many seconds before you see something crossing the same path as the next person. And, uh, I think the numbers were 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 not in the favour of a clean race, and so people were railing against that, which is understandable. Um, because at this level, it's like it's like someone serving faults, and the umpire just going, oh, no, "Yeah, it looks about in," you know, like they're either in or not. If you've got if you're a a race official, and you're in that position, um, you need to call it in my book, and I think that. A number of um, you know times that we can see that not being called, and then it does get called inexplicably. So, if you're saying, and again, I, I you were there on the ground and you've seen them clean that up, that's an awesome thing, isn't it? That's a it's a let's get it done quickly. Let's sort this out. Yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong, like I I feel like, uh, and this was coming from even some of the athletes, like that um, you know there's still more to be done. Um, on, on that front because uh you know i had a couple of athletes who are kind of saying yeah i saw a ton of people at 15 meters and so how do we get them get it in people's heads and i think i think what this athlete was kind of saying was we've been doing the 10 meter thing and the eight meter thing for so long it's hard for us to get in our heads just how far 20 meters are and yep. they had some they had some things set up where there were um there were uh you know cones and then like a little sign saying this is you know these are 20 meters apart um and i think they they that sort of concept just needs to keep being pushed of like have some things out there so people can actually gauge that a little better but in the pro yeah, race, Kevin, though, in the pro race, you've got to in the pro race, you've got to know. Like pros are pro for a reason, and they've got to know. So if it's not there, it's not there. And if it's if it needs to be, um, if it needs to be, uh, I guess um, oh, the words escaping me. But if it needs to be ruled that it's you're drafting, then let the officials do their job and actually call it. You know, yeah, it can't be. The yeah, the they just seem always scared to call a dra- bloody drafting penalty on a pro yeah 
No, they, and that, that was certainly, um, the, the, the athletes were, I, I heard again and again and again and again, like more calls is good, <laughs> right? Like, you know, so they're kind of out there saying, yeah, like just do it. Like, um, yeah. I don't think all of the athletes are saying that, but there's a number who are just kind of saying exactly what you are. Just make those calls. Um, yeah. And we look, you know, it would only take a few calls to clean up that very quickly. Um, yep. and athletes on the bike will get away with what they're allowed to get away with, what the instructing TO is, you know, letting them get away with. So if you're going to, this is part of it. Now, the fact that they've cleaned it up after day one is awesome. Um, and it just, they, they need to sort of from the start too. And I guess they need to say to the pros, Hey, if we're doing 20 meters and if you are going to break that, then we're going to, you know, we're going to level out a penalty and you can, you can stand or do whatever you need to do for that period of time, but it needs to happen. But so that was one, I think the coverage too was, um, was good. Oh, I just make myself laugh sometimes, Kevin. Um, I think the the coverage was good overall. I'll 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 leave it there. I don't think I'm going to say too much. Yeah, I, th- I think um, so. One of the conversations I had um, that so the PTO wants to be disruptive, right? They want to disrupt the triathlon industry in some ways, and I think part of the struggle that. Um, the PTO is having is sort of the fallback is to what, what has been done in the past. And so there, there needs to be, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to do that disruption. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the, on the coverage. It's uh, I, I, and I, you know, was making all kinds of noise. So I was uh, not, you know, not really able to see any of that. So, um, no, but sure. I, I mean, I, I saw, I saw enough to sort of understand it. I think, I mean, I've been watching it for long enough, so I'll take that up as, um, you know, work in progress. Everything's a work in progress. Um, and you know, you're doing your thing at the venue. So you're, you're geeing up the crowd and, and, and no doubt, um, entertaining them with some tall tales and some humorous anecdotes, which only you can. Uh, but there's, and and I don't know. I, I look at other sports that are, um, you know, that are broadcast for for an, a period of time, a longer period of time, and I think that they do things a lot better than we do. Yeah, um, but uh, and again, I will. I'll come back to um, this. Is a group that um, the PTO like they're figuring all this stuff out, and they're they are not sparing any expense in terms of doing all that. So. You know, the pictures that I was seeing, you know, pictures and all that kind of stuff, just fantastic. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, they had, well, Belinda and Barry obviously know their stuff and everything. So it's just a matter of, I, I feel like just kind of polishing up all of that stuff. And, you know, they're, they're, they're getting there. They certainly are putting the, the money behind it, um, though, which is awesome. So yeah. you certainly don't feel like it's, it's, uh, an event where there's two cameras and, and they're, you know, they're just trying to cover the leaders or, or whatever. They're getting lots of different stuff. And the, and, and we had talked about this in the podcast last week and, and I certainly saw it in action. Um, like this group, I, I've never seen anything like it in terms of the social media stuff that they're developing. And, um, you know, I spend a ton of time 
spent about a half hour in a, in a sound booth just doing sound stuff um, that I'm guessing is going to be used as promos for the Collins Cup in the U.S. US Open or the PTO US Open. And, and it's just amazing. I have not worked with a group that has thought like this before um so well, if they've thought like this before they haven't been able to afford it and that's the thing so yeah when when you start partnering up with warner brothers and you know you start partnering up with bigger you, you know they get it we know this we've been this is they understand if they're going to stand um the two things working right first of all the prize money was at a level to which people would start to show interest. You know, we've talked about this before, you know, you're watching late night poker and the only reason you're watching it, because I don't care less about poker, but it's 15 million bucks in the middle of the table. I'm going to watch to see who wins it. Um, yeah. If there's money on the table, people will do two things. A, good pros will show up and you don't want that. And B, you, you'll have something to sort of talk about, you know, and it sort of puts the, the you know, $100,000 sounds a lot better than $4,000. Um or something like that. And the pros showed up and they certainly didn't. Um, I think that also helps, doesn't it? When you've got, um, you know, when you've got really good prize money and good pros, you've got a good product, you've got a, you know, course that shoots well, you know, things are moving in the right direction, I would have thought. Absolutely. And um, yeah, what was mind boggling to me is I was preparing for the press conference, um, just running down the list of names of people who weren't at the press conference or who, who we weren't making a big deal about, um, you know, and, and when I was organizing the script for the intros, um, it was hilarious to me that, um, so what we did, so they did something different too, in terms of the intros, um, they did 11. So on the men's race, I think it was 11 through 38, um, we introduced and then we did sort of a bigger spiel for the top 10 and then did it in reverse order. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sitting there going, I can't remember the last time that I wouldn't have been announcing Alistair Brownlee as one of the big highlights, but you know, number 37, two time Olympic gold medalist, Alistair Brownlee, um, as opposed to one of those top tens. And, and um, like the names of folks who normally would be, highlighters at races who you know weren't even getting invited to the press conference and stuff it was uh mind-boggling but uh, there's a new world order right so let's talk about the races because we probably want to get into that at some point so let's talk i, I want to talk to the men's in a minute but let's talk to the women's um very few people gave ashley gentle a shot now i was one of them um yeah and you see that's where you need to be more like me and sort of hedge your bets of, well, you know, this is, this is what I think should happen and all that stuff. Um, and so, so for me, and I think I've talked about, I think I maybe talked about this. I feel like I did last week of, you know, just haven't seen the consistency from Ashley Gentle, but I tell you when, when she is on and I've now seen her um, twice this year, just like once she started that run, I knew it was game over. Uh, for um, actually for Paula Finley and you know Paula had had some good run training and stuff. She had uh, she had a good run um, that normally would not have been enough or would normally have been enough. Um, but she needed to have a great run to have any hope of holding off Ashley Gentle. Um, so like Ashley Gentle looked to me just like 
uh, Cassandra Beaugrand when she's on, um, same sort of deal. And Ashley Gentle, um, that you can just see. But then there's other times when I'm waiting for that to happen at a race and, you know, just not the not the same sort of firepower. But um, once she started that run, uh, it did not take us long before I was, you know, what I was saying on the mic um, down in Edmonton was, um, yeah, Ashley Gentle missed the memo that uh, that the hometown hero was supposed to win this race. Um, yeah, yeah, and she just took that memo and threw it out. So, well, uh, again, I see it. You know, I'm like an oracle in triathlon. I see things, and I just, I, you know, yeah, pretty proud of myself. Ashley, what about her? Don't worry about her. It was all about me. Um, yeah, she was brilliant. She's brilliant. And and look, you know, she's won Noosa Triathlon, which is, you know, un, non-drafting, and she's cleaned that up year after year. And I know the, the, the crew there who races is, is less talented than this, but, you know, she's plenty strong, she's plenty talented, um, and someone who is, um, you know, so been so consistent as you decide that she's not. But when she's on and she's going, she's very good. Um, can I mention something that happened on Twitter? Absolutely. So you, you sort of run the show. You can mention whatever you'd like. I kind of, I kind of, um, I kind of tweeted out that you know I'm awesome because I I did actually mention her as someone who could win. I got a tweet from Emma Carney, and she says that rumor has it that Triathlon Australia told Ashley Gentle to train with the new head coach, and her reply was to remove herself from the failing TA program and blow away the PTO field. Much respect for Ash Gentle, athletes first, always. Didn't know what to make of that. <laughs> oh, dear. I know. Well, Emma uh, certainly has been for Triathlon Australia. Oh, she's got it in all right. But, yeah, no, I, you know, Ashley Gentle has sort of decided she's making that move up. And um, so, and, so, and as amazing as Ashley's run was, um, I was most impressed with her cycling mm. um, uh, on the weekend because she was the one who was driving the chase uh, behind um, behind um, Paula Finley. Mm. Uh, and Paula, like, to give you an idea as to how strong Paula is riding right now, um, last month she won the Canadian Time Trial Championships, like the National Championships. Yeah, that's so. That's um, crazy. They were also like it was hometown for her. They were in Edmonton, but um, you know she's arguably one of the best cyclists in Canada. I don't know. You're gonna say yeah, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, that's impressive. And, um, would she I race the Commonwealth know. games in the time trial then? Uh, I don't think she will be going to Commonwealth. So, um, it'd be an interesting yeah. thing, wouldn't it? Like if she's won the time trial, then surely she's eligible to race in the Commonwealth games in the time trial, not in the triathlon. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I never even thought to uh, bring that one up, but I don't think that was even an option. Um, so, yeah, hmm. uh, an interesting one. So I guess the women's race was, um, you know, well, well, well attended and, you know, set the tone for the weekend with the men coming up, um, all eyes obviously on our Norwegians. Um, I'm curious, this is my question. Now, Gustav Eden wins, Blumenfeld second, 
And Aaron Royal surprised third. I mean, no one would have, no one, I would, no one would have picked that at all. Um, and well yeah. played to, to Other Aaron than, Royal. Um, supposedly, and I did not have a conversation. Um, I was, you know, running around. I didn't have a chance to do post-race interviews with the guys and everything. Uh, but I spoke with one of the PTO guys who um, was involved with the post-race interviews. Mm. And, um, and uh, he said, yeah, and we were all surprised, but Aaron didn't seem to be too surprised. Um, you know, he felt that he'd, you know, been training super well and things were going, things were really going well and that he was ready for that. So more That's power awesome. to him. That was, was an amazing performance. And his nationality aside, I mean, obviously, you know, we're stoked because he's an Aussie, but that sort of, I reckon Ashley Gentle winning was out of the box a little bit. And then you've got Aaron Royal who, you know, came from the clouds, essentially no one talked about him. Everyone was talking about you know, a million other people. But it is nice when sports still can deliver that because the one and two guys, for mine, it was like that was a snore fest. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, well done. Um, it, has, it has interest to me for, for only a point, you know. The question I have for you, Kevin, and you're on the ground for this one, are people, like, are people accepting what they're seeing? And we've had this discussion before. I know we've touched on it. I spoke to someone through the course of this week and we had this conversation around, you know, the acceptance of this exceptional brilliance of racing and on the ground when they deliver something like this and it's dominant, right? Like the two of them are pretty much um, expected to go one and two and they do that. Um, Are we on the ground in Edmonton? Were people comfortable with what they were seeing? Um, I'm just trying to get a feel for uh, where you're, where you're going with this one. Like, are you, from the clouds, um, they show up. I know they've been racing for a while, but all of a sudden they are the most dominant pair in the world and by miles, and they are dropping times like nothing else. Now, if I saw this in the Tour de France, I think there would be yeah, a different narrative. Asking lots of, uh, asking lots of questions. So, um, yeah. You're on the ground. What are people saying? Yeah, no, people are not saying that at all um, in terms of uh, any of the – any of the stuff that I'm seeing, any of the stuff that I'm hearing from people around that is, that's not coming up. But I would argue, you know, when you're walking around the tour and stuff, um, you don't hear any of that until you're out on training rides with folks and stuff. And I'm just, I haven't had that opportunity, but you know, that's where, yeah, I learned more about all of the cycling stuff and the early 2000s and mid 2000s um, when I was out on training rides with national team members and I did from any sort of other journalism stuff. Um, so that might be being said there. It's not being said, um, uh, not that there was that many people and or that I spent that much time in the press room, but I'm not hearing that kind of stuff in the press room. And, and I'm I not wonder- throwing mud either. I mean, there'll be people saying, oh, you know, you just... But I, I, they've been on such a, a blindingly good run, um, and I, and and I also put it to you as well that you know cycling deserves every, every um, raised eyebrow that it gets because of its history. Whereas in this sport, there doesn't well, there is a lighter history, obviously, of that. Um, and I know again, I mean, you know, people will sort of could accuse me of throwing mud. I'm certainly not. I'm just asking. Uh, you know, where yeah, no, and from. and I totally, I I think these are all. It is one hundred percent okay to ask. I'm sure there's some people who are like, you know, what the hell are you guys 
going near and stuff. So um, the one thing that I would say is, I, I would argue that they're not coming from the clouds. I would argue that this has been uh, sort of steady, like steady development. And it, it, it is the, when, when the people are true surprises that I kind of freak out, but I did not know until the press conference and Alistair Brownlee brought it up that in 2014 uh, at the world championships that were held in Edmonton or the grand final, um, or it might actually, it, may, it might have just been a world triathlon series event. Anyway, Christian Blumenfeld and Alistair Brownlee were in a breakaway together um, at that event. So, uh, you know, Christian Blumenfeld hasn't just dropped out of nowhere. This stuff has been coming. But he hasn't been doing what he's been doing, though. I mean, you can talk about it as a slow burn. Other people will say, well, if he was good, he would have, you know, he would have sounded that alarm 10 years ago. Yeah, you know what? I saw him in Montreal 2015, 2016. I think that Montreal would have been his, I think was his first win. And um, he was, he he did exactly what we have been seeing him do. You know, he he blasted away on, on, the, um, on the run early on. And, you know, and when you look at him, he's a big guy and you're just kind of going, how on earth is this guy running like this and doing this. So um, I would argue that all of that stuff was starting then. He just, you know, it took him um, years to develop the ability to do it all the time. So in the same way that I, you know, I talk about Ashley Gentle, I don't see her being able to do it uh, all the time. Well, I'm hoping that I'm going to be proved very wrong or to hope. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if I am proved completely wrong and she starts to do that again and again and again as she, I don't know if it's you develop more strength, you develop more endurance, you gain more confidence. Uh, for her, it's, to me, it seems to be it's all about gaining strength on the bike. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's my two cents worth. I totally understand where you're coming from. and It's just a question. Again, I... Yeah. I you know, having worked in both areas of the of the sport, both cycling and you know, in and I worked uh, in sports radio in the Lance eras, um, which was a joyous time for everybody. Um, you know, it's just interesting, and I'm not pointing that, and I'm certainly not saying that. I'm just saying, are people talking about it? Because I've yeah. always been of the opinion that you, you know, if you aren't believing what you're seeing, then don't watch it. You know, like if you if you have that that dire cynicism in everything that you see in sports, then, you know, why would you bother watching it? So, you know, of course I watched, um, and yeah, they are, they, it's the other triathletes must just be looking at each other, the other pros and just be going, what do we, what do we do here? Um, your boy, Lionel Sanders, uh, didn't fire a shot really. No, not, not in the mix at all. You know, ran, ran himself, I think, you know, and sort of, biked a, biked his way up through a few spots ran his way up through a few spots um but i think he kind of knew that too you know that the, the distance um just does not favor favor him and um you know at the end of the day uh this distance is really um favoring the all-around athlete so you know if you can't swim with the gang, you're in for a very long day. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing that surprised me, so Gustav at the end of the first lap was a little ways back. And I was thinking, huh, this is not good. And then he swam his way up to the chase group. Um, and that's when the, that's when I kind of went, yeah, this, this is why these two are in a whole nother world than everyone else. Um, and, um, and, you know, so here's the other thing that's going to be interesting, uh, 2023 and for at least until the Paris Olympics of 2024, we're not going to see those two in long distance races very much like they they're they will maybe do some halves but they're not going to be doing any fulls uh and they're talking about just they're going to be doing world triathlon events and pto races Hmm. um because they're getting back to focused on uh the olympics isn't it funny i mean they're so ridiculously good at what they do that they can just decide to i mean it is (laughs) it's like you're saying bolts thunder run 800s you know, like they can go to that level of, of, I mean, we know Blumenfeld is so good over that Olympic distance. He proved that um, with his, with his Olympic title that they just jump up and down. It's pretty decent in those distances. So they, they are, and they, yeah, they are again, re- what all this does, the PTO races, the Norwegian boys, they, they lift the, they lift the sport. So, you know, when, when Brownlee was in that dominant streak and, you know, when someone hits a streak, it lifts the sport. It makes everyone around them, you know, the other pros, you know, have to work harder. So we've seen yeah. that with Daniela Reef. We've seen that with Chrissy Wellington. We saw it with, you know, for a time with Crowey at Kona and we saw it for, you know, obviously with uh, Javier Gomez, uh, the Brownleys when, that, when Alistair was flying. You know, those sort of dominant eras or, or you know, areas um, – you know, are always challenging for everybody else, but it does make them get better and does make them go quicker. And it really does, uh, I think, allow for the sport to grow a bit, you know, in, albeit in the shadow of two very, very large figures at the moment. Yeah. And it's, it's, we, I got talking with some of the, the PTO folks um, about, you know, they were asking me, you know, what were your thoughts on the race? And, and I said, yeah, we're still, uh, I don't know if it, it, it's certainly, I don't think it's intentional at all, but um, the, the way everything has gone with these two over the last little bit, Gustav Eden and Christian Blumenfeld, we're still waiting for that epic race. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I kind of said it really shows yesterday or the, the race on Sunday really showed that um, y- you can't manufacture that and I hate to use that, you know, that iron war deal, like, um, you know, it, Dave and, and Mark raced in Kona six or eight times. Or I don't know how many times it was before they finally had that epic duel. And um, I really thought we were in to see it on Sunday and then that didn't, didn't quite pan out. Um, so we're still waiting. So they've done a great job of, keeping that excitement going and uh i fear for all of us that we're gonna have to wait until kona to see it so yeah and but again i think every time the two of them toe the start line you know you're going to look at something and and do a little bit of head shaking in terms of their their talent so yeah 
it certainly does um, excite the sport. It, it probably leaves a lot of people scratching their heads in terms of how they actually go about beating these two, but they will come undone at some point. It, it's 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 sport. It always happens. But while they are in this vein of form, I mean, it really, um, they should be racing as much as they can because they're fairly unbeatable. Yeah, no, it was uh, very impressive. And then I had, um, I was able to do a little bit of follow-up with uh, Alistair Brownlee. Um, so just, monstrous stomach cramps the worst he's ever had um in his uh, entire racing career um the hip was fine um so that bodes really well because you know alistair is one of the one of the folks who could certainly compete with uh gustav and christian over that 100k distance um i think that's a great distance for alistair brownlee and you know he can he can as he proved, he can swim and bike faster than them. And so it's a matter of if his run is together. Um, so um, that was good news on that front. Obviously, we didn't see or didn't have a chance to see. Uh, but yeah, Alistair, um, I guess after the cramps, he just uh, was able to run sort of at a steady pace. But anytime he tried to drink any water or take anything in, the stomach just cramped up again. So Hmm. Um, so he just had to kind of cruise through the rest of the run and finish, but yeah, really hoping that we, uh, that Alistair Brownlee's year turns around at some point yeah. and, uh, we get to, we get to see him cause he, you know, he was, uh, the one person there who certainly looked like he was, you know, as a coming off the bike, I thought, yeah, you know, this could be, this could be the right kind of mix, uh, to see him. Force these guys a bit, and then mm-hmm. uh, the other big surprise—I don't know if surprise, but I think breakthrough breakthrough day would have been Sam Laidlaw, or say Laylo or whatever. Just yeah. what a what a performance he had! You know, really following through on that run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to think that Eden and Blumenfeld like share a house together and sleep in racing car beds in the same bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, well, they spent. They live in the same condo complex, I believe. No, that's what um, they're telling you. They, they they've got racing car beds, and they 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 get in their pajamas every night and sit in there and say goodnight. That's what they do. They uh, so that I um, the funniest thing I started the press conference off. Um, so this is how competitive these two guys are. Um, they're these little motorized scooters that you can rent. Uh, around Edmonton. I love those things. And they were racing them. Yes. All week long. Love that. Like just ripping around. And so, you know, I kind of said, so who's in the lead in the uh, the Edmonton Scooter Grand Prix? Yes. Um, and Gustav was like, oh, yeah, no, I know. I'm definitely in front. And, and Christian was like, I def- I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to agree with that. We need to get an official to... Uh, to engage things but you know just they race they are so competitive they compete over everything i can't imagine what it's like um trying to coach those guys and have them not kill each other every workout no that's right I, you know what though i used to live with a fellow triathlete back in the day and we got to a point where we would pick atm machines that were side by side so we could race the atms <laughs> 
That's two blokes who needed to f- couldn't, couldn't figure out why we were single at the time. How about that? Um, hey, um, let's move away from this uh, as we kind of wrap this puppy up for this week. Um, nice to see too. Cody Beal turn the clock back to two thousand and five with an eight fifteen triathlon or Ironman triathlon victory. <laughs> um, turn the clock back. Oh my goodness! Who's doing eight fifteen and Ironman anymore? What happened to him? Yeah, well, so, you know, the thing with the Lake Placid course, um, first things first, wonderful to see Cody Beal back at uh, at the top of an Ironman podium. You know, he's had he had the two brilliant wins um, over Lionel Sanders and in um, Mont-Tremblant, where he, you know, went, he was the first person to go sub eight in Mont-Tremblant, which many of us did not think was very, like, was... I don't know, possible, just didn't really see that happening when he went and did that. So that was very cool. And just as a heads up in terms of how tough the Lake Placid course can be. So the first year of that, um, uh, Thomas Hellriegel came over and won the race. And um, so I'm doing the post-race interview with him. And I said, so like, you know, that was, that looked like it was really tough. And he said, Kevin, Ironman Lanzarote is supposed to be the hardest Ironman course in the world. And I just went two minutes slower here to win this race than I did when I won the race in Lanzarote. Mm-hmm. And um, so what happens is you can get this monstrous headwind that whips down white face notch and just um, stops you in your tracks. If the wind's going the other way around, you ride up white face notch in your big chain ring and you just cruise up there. So it can be like the the changes for that course in terms of times are quite dramatic. So yeah. I, I don't don't give them a hard time in terms of the uh, the time on that. Oh, no, I was just having. A, I was just. I don't know. It's a tough course at Plaza. I was but, just giving him some grief because I can. He still ran two forty six. So that's uh, yeah, that's flying. Yeah, great run and uh, Mickey Weiss. Um, uh, taken the the second pitch and I I wasn't keeping up with that at all I was just a little busy with another event but mm. um, it sounds like um, Michi Weiss was starting to gain some ground again towards the end of that race to to keep everyone on their on their toes so but yeah just great news for Canadian triathlon fans with uh, Cody taking uh, K- Cody taking that win and Sarah True. Um, you know, coming back after giving birth last year mm-hmm. and, um, boy, did she, um, she ever dominate that one. She had run time of 304. Basically she was, uh, just good 15 minutes ahead of Heather Jackson, who we know is a jet, um, and Canadian Melanie McQuaid, who is still flying around. Um, and she was fifth. Yeah, I know. That's so exciting. Melanie is uh, one of our regular contributors at the magazine. And uh, you know, obviously, I think it's three-time Xterra world champion, two-time, mm-hmm. um, uh, two-time uh, world triathlon cross champion. So like, you know, five-time world champ. And uh, it's just awesome to see her just continue to race well. So yeah, that was that was exciting news for a certain uh, editor of the triathlon magazine to, uh, to see that one. Absolutely. Now I just need to get her column to me the first, so I can get the September issue together. <laughs> well, mate, um, 
we might call it uh, at 45 minutes. If you've spent a bit of time with us, we appreciate you uh, listening in. Tell your friends if you want to spread the word. Kevin, nice to see you back. We'll uh, pick this up in a week's time where we'll talk all things uh, swim, bike, and run. Thank you for your contributions. You can be found at Triathlon Magazine in Canada, the most gorgeous of all triathlon magazines, as well as your dog, who is yes, interested in being go. part of the podcast. That's okay. Yeah, Pax is uh, just letting me know that some, there's a car honking out there. So I'm off tomorrow to uh, Birmingham to go and cover the Commonwealth Games. So Hopefully we can catch up next week and uh, talk Commonwealth Commonwealth Games a little bit. As, or as we call it, the Australian Charity Games. So good luck. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.